I think with me personally right now, I'm learning to forgive myself because like, I just think about like a lot of like the mistakes I made, the things I've gone through. It's like, I think sometimes it's like, I've completely forgiven my dad. Like I'm in a mo a place where I've forgiven him. Like truly, like if he were to message me, you know, like it's no bad blood or anything. If I seen him and be, it'd be cool. Like obviously it'd be emotional, but I have no anger or bitterness towards him. It's just, I've, I'm in a place where I don't need the relationship in a sense. So it's like, like if you were to come back, he's not, we're, he, you're not going to have this like father son relationship. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I have people in my life who I go through for counsel and advice. Like, like he's not going to just whoop, like step into that role, but like it's all love. So I'm in a place where I'm like really like just learning to like forgive myself for the mistakes I've made. I'm trying to be like a better husband, a better brother, better friend, a better you know boss. And I'm 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 learning to just let go. I just don't believe that we were saved to stumble our way through life this side of heaven. I believe that we should respond to his saving grace with life that glorifies him in every way, both the spiritual and the practical. Welcome back to the Save Talk podcast. Today, I'm super excited. We got a guest coming on, Akleso, yes, the main man, CEO, rapper, got his clothing line. Super excited, bro. Thank you so much for, for having us out here. I know that, you know, Guy brought up about a week ago. He's like, man, we, need, we really need to get a Klesso on here. He's got a story. He's, been, he's, had, he, he's gone through a journey. And just what he's been able to accomplish is, is something to, to discuss. So, yeah, man, like, talk to us a little bit. Thank Tell you. us a little bit about your journey, how you grew up, and, and how you ended up where you are today. Yeah. Speaking of journeys, I took a wrong turn to get here. <laughs> Wrong turn off the okay. turnpike, came a little late, but yeah, yeah, my journey's kind of crazy. Like, it's one of those things where, like, looking back on it, I'm just like, yo, how God? Because it's like one of those stories, like, when you're watching movies, not trying to compare my life to a movie, but it's like everything kind of, like, starts off, like, really cool. Like, everything starts off really great, and then, boom, like, tragedy happens and then it just shifts the course yeah of everything else so it's like like growing up here like everything was like really all good like mom was in the picture dad was in the picture had sisters went to a good school was in church like pretty much everything was like cool like mom had a good job really good paying job like she was a lawyer made a lot of money but my dad was was a good dude but he's just like, like, you ever watch, what's that movie with Will Smith with with his son? Pursuit, um, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. So he was like him where he kind of like had these ideas but could never follow through. Okay. Like th that's like how I would describe my dad. So he never got to the point that yes. Will did in the movie. Exactly. And accomplished that, you know, yeah. that dream, that goal. So it was him. And I, I see myself a lot like him. But because of what I went through, it's like I, I base a lot of my expectations on reality and tangible things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's kind of like how I shifted from that. But 
anyway, so he was like, he's like that kind of person. So he like pretty much at the age of 12, my age of 12, he like abandoned his whole family for that pursuit. That, whatever that for, was. For that, whatever that was for that pursuit. And his mind, you know, thinking like, you know, I'm going to prove this. Or, and, yeah. And it's kind of just like, yo, you're a whole dad, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. For real. Like, like if if you're in your like, and no disrespect to anybody chasing their dreams, but like, if you have a whole family, like, and not like little kids, but even if they were little kids, like, twelve, fourteen, and like, eight, like, you gotta sacrifice. You know what I mean? Because, like, this is not Disney World. You know, and then his decisions really affected me. So we went from living really well to like food stamps because soon after that, my mom's lawyer committed fraud and like millions of dollars worth of fraud. And my mom almost went, you know, almost served prison because of that. Wow. My mom is a very trusting person, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like always sees the best in people. I mean, she saw the best in my dad, like, and, and you know, look at that happen to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like one of those things where it's just like, she got screwed over. And, and it was kind of sad too because the church she was in like, was like telling her like, oh, like you can't divorce my dad. You know what I mean? Like, like you should, you should still stay with him. But it's like, yo, he's abandoning yeah. us. So she wasn't in the most healthiest church. So she walked away, you know, from God. And just things just started crumbling. So with me, I'm kind of just like, dang, like, like, God, where are you? Like, I did everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do, what I thought I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? I I stayed out of trouble. You know, I'm a, I'm 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. Like, my, my understanding of God is if you do good, good things happen to you. But that's not Christianity. That's, that's like, new age. Like, oh, yeah. that's karma, like. It's not Christianity, but that was my understanding of Christianity at a young age. So I was like very angry with God. Same, same. So coming from coming from having a lot to having nothing and then struggling and then feeling abandonment, dealing with insecurities, issues, like that just kind of wrecked me. Like having a weird understanding of God, like seeing my relationship with him was more so as like a genie. Like, I don't know, it was like, it's crushing to like a 12, 13 year old kid. Yeah, that you got to earn yeah. You got to earn your a, a good standing with God and earn like mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. dude, like I was 12, I just turned um 29. And I still haven't seen my dad since. Wow. Since since I was 12, I still haven't seen him. Wow. Wow. So it's like, I don't know, it was just kind of like really crazy. But what was crazy was during that time I found music. Okay. Like, you know, I growing up like Haitian Household, you're not allowed to listen to rap music. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. definitely music. <laughs> so I started listening to music, and my aunt, she was like a, my aunt Shanna, she was a DJ, producer, and my uncle was a DJ, Nally. Then my other uncle, Montes, they would like spin records for me and make me freestyle over it. I mean, yo, freestyle, and they would freestyle over it, and then I would, I would do it. And then my other uncle, my uncle Montes would be like, all right, we got to make it hard for you. We got to get you on some techno beats. So he would get the most craziest techno beats and make me like that's crazy freestyle it, and I just loved it. And then I was that kid in high school or like middle school that when they would beat on the table, I'd be the one freestyling and stuff like that. And um, I had a youth group pastor, and my friends. I would go to youth group, and 
I didn't really like going, but then I had a pastor. His name was Tim, Tim Adams. Uh, and he would be like, yo, if you come to youth group, after youth group, I'll let you freestyle on stage until your parents pick up, pick you up. So I'd be like, oh, I can stand on the stage and rap all I want, and they'll just play beats. So I would go every Wednesday, and I would stay till like 10 p.m. on Wednesday. You could, and I ate. Me and my boys, we would stay till 10 and just rap. Wow. And then I was 16, and then he was like, hey, I really want you to come to Bible camp. I'm like, I'm not going to no Bible camp. Ain't no way I'm going to Bible camp. I'm like, this is summer. I'm about to wild out. I'm 16. Like, uh, I'm about to wild out. And then he was like, if you go, I'll pay for it. And I'm like, I'm not about to go, like, go to Bible camp for a whole week. And then I had a friend. I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> but he was like, yo, you should come. There's going to be a lot of cute girls. And I was like, word? He's like, bro, and they have a basketball tournament. I'm like, oh, I'm there. I'm there. So I went, bro. And then, like, heard the gospel. And it was just felt so real. It was Word of Life Bible Camp up north. Like, it's not Orlando, but somewhere up there. Okay. Yeah. And I heard the gospel. And I'm like, wow. Like, wrecked me. Then they did this thing where you, like, repent. And you take this thing. You throw it in the fire, like, to symbolize, like, you know, you turn away. And repenting. It just felt really real for me. And from there, I just kind of, like, made, like, a U-turn. What aspect of hearing the gospel, like, what was the aspect of it that was so, so night and day from what you yeah. heard that, that kind of created that, oh, like, this is a breath of fresh air right here. This is different. Yeah. And it wasn't like I hadn't heard something similar to that before. Okay. It was kind of just like, like, yo, like, God desires you and God, God wants you. Like, all you have to do is just repent and just follow him. And it was it like saying it out loud, like it doesn't sound so profound, but it actually is profound because it's like, yo, like I'm over here running from everything, running from myself, from my problems, from my insecurities, just trying to drown my life away and just, you know, just really, just really hide. Yeah. You know, but it's like, I in that moment, I just felt so seen. You know, gotcha. like, gotcha. I just felt like very, very much so seen. And it's like, yo, and it sounds corny. It's like, yeah, like, he's actually a good father. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. he's actually a good father. And to me, like, my just example of a good father was trash. So, and then I, you know, from there on, I just kind of changed my ways. I try to make, you know, healthier, better decisions. Got out of a relationship I was in. I knew I shouldn't have been in, like, tried to do the right thing, failed a lot, obviously, but always just kind of, like, didn't let my failures define me. and just kind of went, tried to go to Jesus, try to go to the cross. Yeah, yeah. And then a lot of things happened, and, but yeah, that was me as a, as a youth. But it was crazy. And then, yeah, music kind of happened. That's a, that's another crazy story, but, but Yeah. I mean, I guess we're here for crazy stories. I know. Yeah, 100%. So you're 12 years old. Yeah. This happens. Life turns upside down. You're running from the God that you knew to be true at that time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're running from just the realities of, like, my father abandoned me at 12 years old. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm I'm assuming that your mom stepping away from the faith was another aspect of confusion for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That... That I think a lot of kids deal with, and instead of 
like facing it or because you're you're young they kind of put it to the back of their heads like yeah my parents let me just go on this journey with my parents and live life i guess the way we're supposed to live it now right yeah um so that's a lot you know taking place but god's in the workings yeah you end up getting connected to the church yeah. next thing you know you're on stage rapping yeah you know at a at a at a at a youth group now you go to a, a youth camp a bible a bible youth camp and you hear the gospel and it hits you differently yeah yeah and you, you know it's kind of crazy it's like i think i think of the story of jonah is like no it's not the best way to say it but kind of like how i see it's like no matter how far you try and run away like god's gonna get you like you know what i mean yeah. like like he's always gonna have his hand his hand for you but yeah it was kind of crazy like and even at that time, too, like, I had torn my ACL. So my ACL was torn, so I was in a very, like... Were you already in track at this time? Yeah, so, like, I was already a phenom. Really? Yeah. As, at 12 years old? No, not 12. 16? When I... 15, 16. That's when I got really good. So that means you... that Because 15, 16 is your sophomore year? Yep. Yeah, I was a, like, I was really good. And, okay. like, I was, like, one of the best, like, track athletes in the country, like... At the age of 15, I could long jump 23 feet. Wow. Yeah, like I was triple jumping 40 feet 10. Like, How'd you get into that? So my dad was big in, big in track. Okay. But yeah, at a young age, I always did like summer track. So I was always competing. Long jump was something like I always had like springs. Um, And then like I just always did it. Like the school I was was like very big on track and field. Okay. Coach Doreen Mercer, she used to run for Jamaica. She's like another mom to me was like, just really big on pushing me in track and field. Like, so it's like track was just like very, very big. And I played basketball too, but sophomore year I was on JV and I got moved up to varsity. And the coach, he was like, look, our, the two guards are seniors and I'm never taking them out the game. So you could sit on the bench or, you know, which I would love you to sit on the bench. You could practice with us or you can just go to track and i was like ah, i'm gonna sit on no bench and do nothing yeah. <laughs> let's sit on no bench and in practice like i would give it to them too like you know what i mean it wasn't like yeah it's this one-sided thing like in practice i'm going at it like playing hard defense on them scoring yeah but you know they're seniors they got it yeah they trying to get scholarships what school you went to again day christian day christian yeah, yeah. I, I remember that's where i first met you yeah Cause we had a show over there. Yep. Authentic. Authentic. Yeah. Authentic had a show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Surge. All of them. Yeah. And yeah, you guys were actually a very big influence on me, just with the whole music thing too. Like, I don't know. It was just amazing seeing like, like Zos, like Haitian, like yeah. rappers, like really doing it. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I really love God. So it was like very like encouraging for me to for me to see. Actually, Surge was the first was the first artist to like 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 serious artists like to co-sign me and be like yo like you yeah. got this go do it like, yeah i remember that yeah I, I yeah i remember that like yesterday dude yeah, like man, I'm, I'm, I, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I remember our performance over there too mm -hmm. and we came back there to play basketball with y'all yeah yeah i remember that and i what also what i remember too like the next time i met you guys was at moochie's house mm. when moochie was church planting the brook he would have stuff at his house, and I remember it was you, Woody, Serge, 
And then a tall dude with dreads, I don't remember his name. Gene. Okay, Gene. And it was like all y'all. And then we're sitting at the table. I think we're playing, what's it called? It's a card game. Card game. Oh, poker. It was poker. We were playing poker. It was poker or the other card game that they usually play. Yeah. Yeah. We was playing that. And then I was just kind of like talking crazy. And then, oh, and then Serge walked in. And then John John was like, yo, that's Serge. And I'm like, shoot. <laughs> That's funny, I'm like, bro. Oh, shoot, no, sir. That is no. so funny. But, what? but but the reason why is because at that time, like authentic and and search was the leader of authentic, right? Yeah. We were really Yes. And and Christian hip hop, like we were No. We were like But I'm telling you, dog. So that's, that's why. funny. Yeah, like I see I'm like, oh snap is Surge. Like like Surge, like every like back in the day, Rapzilla used to be like this big Yeah. yeah. Christian hip hop platform. I get at its peak, raps at its peak. Surge was like one of the faces of like this is the next guy who's yeah. gonna take over Christian hip hop. Like is is him like taking over the South? And then you had like the Reach, and then on the West you had John Gibbs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it was like these are the people that are about to like like take over. Yeah. So then when I see Surge, I'm like, dang, that's Surge, like. Oh man, he about to go to the same church as me. Like, I'm like, oh snap! Like, I gotta talk to him. So I'm there talking, to him, and then he's talking, talking, and then we're talking. And I'm like, every, and I remember it clear as day. Imagine the room; everybody's just talking, joking around. I'm talking to Serge, and then he's talking, and I'm like, yo, I actually rap too. The whole room gets quiet. Dog. <laughs> Everybody stops talking. I remember a guy. I remember a guy too. <laughs> this man goes like this, holds his cards, and then just looks, and then kind of like turns his head away. <laughs> and I'm just like, dang, like should I not have said anything? Like, cause it's like, imagine like they're like they're doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. You know how many people probably tell them like, yo, I rap, yo, I rap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, here's my CD. Like, I've heard so many stories, but yeah. All the time. So it's like they're in an intimate setting. Yeah. And then it's like someone's trying to, mm -hmm. you know, do that. So it's like, I'm like, dang, like maybe I should have done that. Like when I tell you, like the whole room was like talking loud. And then right when I said that, everybody got quiet. Uh, it, it was like so, so like mortifying. <laughs> Let me ask you a question though, because I'm I'm going back to, to when I first met you, right? So. When I first met you, you were very outgoing. Mm. You still is, though. Yeah. But energetic. Very full of life. Yeah. I could tell, man. And and as you telling your story about abandonment, because I experienced the same thing. My mom actually went to prison. Oh, wow. Right? When I was 11, 12. Mm -hmm. And what that did for me, it, changes, it changed my attitude. Yeah. It changed who I was. Because as a young kid, I was very energetic. I was talkative i was very outgoing but the result of my mom going to prison that made me sh sh that made me shrink right that made me not be very talkative that made me very laid back not yeah. a lot that made me not open up to people but is it's so it was the opposite for it was me the opposite for it was the opposite so for me. what what was it about the abandonment that made you be more outgoing more yeah Face to face with people, because me, I will even authentic. I was always in the background. Like, yeah, it's never that th that person is like, oh, I'm guy, you know. Uh, yeah, for me, I was kind of just like, 
So when my dad left, I'm like, wow, everything he said, he never meant. Yeah. So like he used to say, man, oh, my handsome son. I'm like, damn, I must be ugly. Mm. I'm like, mm. he'd be like, oh, like, I love you. Like, dang, maybe I don't, maybe no one can love me. Mm. So like, like all these negative feelings, like kind of like filled me. And then I was just like, you know what? Let me just like, let me just, I need to just write down, like affirm myself. Mm. So I would just look in the mirror and be like, yo, I'm handsome. Yo, I'm sexy. Yo, I'm a good athlete. Yo, I'm strong. And and Yo. you just felt inspired from within to kind of like... It, I was like forcing the, the inspiration like, yo, I got to say this. Well, what I'm saying is no one came to you and said, yeah, hey, no, you, you need to affirm talk. yourself. No, no, no. Here's some words of affirmation you should. No. Wow, that's awesome. I did it myself. That's and I'm awesome. like, man, I'm not going to... I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. So a lot of me like working hard was like, yo, I'm about to prove you wrong. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I'm about to prove you wrong. And I just started trying to be more confident. And then I also, like, I would listen to a lot of hip-hop. So I feel like hip-hop would tell me, like, yo, you have to bag this amount of shorties to be valid. Validated. So I'd be like, all right, I'm going to be confident, and I'm going to try and get with these girls to, like, prove, like, I am worth something. Mm -hmm. So I would make unhealthy choices and not value, like, other people mm -hmm. because I was trying to validate myself, which is evil, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's how I thought was the way to do it because that's what hip-hop taught me, you know? And then kind of like circling back and then seeing you guys because the only Christian hip-hop I knew was you guys and then um, like Lecrae, Andy, Trip, yeah. Gavi. Those are the only people I knew. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm seeing you guys and I'm just like, okay, like this is different, you know? Uh, and obviously like, you know, becoming a Christian, like my values were changing, you know? But back to that story, when when I when I was doing that, I felt like, and then what was cool with Serge was like, oh yeah, word, like he said, let me hear something, and I was like, oh I got some, I got some on my phone, I could play it for you, and then we went in his car, or whoever's car he had, and I was I played it for him, no, it's his car, I played it for him, and he just listened to it the whole time. He's like, okay, he's like, first off, like I really like your voice, like you have a good flow, I like your voice. But that hook sucks. Like, the hook sucks, but I could tell you have talent. And he's like, man, you got to take it to the next level. And then I'm like, word. And he's just talking to me, me and John John and my cousin Ricky. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to the studio later. Come me to the studio. He takes me to the studio and he records his song, Next Level. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. I was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, after that, after that meeting with Serge, I, it was my first time seeing someone, like, in my eyes, was, like, someone who was actually in the league playing, mm -hmm. like, really show me how to get buckets. Mm -hmm. I watched him in the studio. I watched him how he did it. Because I didn't really know I was doing in the studio. I'm just kind of figuring it out. And just to see someone at a high level doing it, I was like, okay. So then I dropped a mixtape after that. And then I did something where I was, like, I hit up any, and I was in Virginia at the time, so in college, any person that had an open mic, any person that had a youth group, anything, I would go all over Virginia and just perform. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, yo, if you like me, just go tell your friends and I'll do it. So I was performing everywhere. And then I met this this promoter and I was like, yo, like I'll 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 hype mine your shows. Mm -hmm. So he would he would do like paint parties, like or like big like ultra events in like Virginia like type vibe. 
and I'd be like, yo, I'll MC it. So I would like hype the crowd up. If like things were going right or like like things were happening, I would kind of like hype up the crowd or delay it or like do things just to just to like keep things going. And then he's like, all right, my goal is to get like a secular event and a Christian event and then have you open up. So then he ends up getting B.O.B. Like this is 2016 B.O.B. So B.O.B., he's a little bit falling off, but he's still hot. He's, he's still B.O.B. He's like, yeah, I'm bringing B.O.B. You can open up. And I'm like, oh, bet. And he's, and then I'm, I'm getting ready to open up. And he's like, oh, also, I just booked Gavi. So Gavi, I just got signed to Reach Records. Yeah. And Gavi, like, he was like my favorite producer, like, like someone I always looked up to. Like, I'm like, dang, like, get to open up for him. I was more excited about Gavi than B.O.B. So me and my boys, we go perform. And like, I had like backup dancers, like, <laughs> <laughs> Legit, you had backup dancers. That's interesting. I'm sorry, it's so funny because, like, my boy Enzo, he was a backup dancer, but now he's like one of the best producers ever. So it's so funny to me. Like, he started as my backup dancer. Like, we had like my boy Romar. He was singing like vocals in the back. Like, it was so ugly, dog. But it's like. John John was there, hype man, but like we just didn't care. So it was like a whole bunch of people here to see B.O.B. Huge crowd, like thousands of people. And like we just shut it down. Like we shut it down. We're going hype. And then right before I got home, I'm like, yo, I'm like, man, I know a lot of y'all here, like just trying to have fun, but we got to look for something higher, man. Like we all, we live in a crazy world right now. And I know some of y'all might not believe in Jesus, but like, like if you hurt and you going through stuff, man, look to God because this stuff is not gonna fill us. It's a like a sold out. No one here is like cares about God or Jesus. Like nobody. And then you just see the whole crowd. Like, yeah, you right. Talk that talk. They didn't say talk that talk. Like, yeah, you right. And it was like it was like crazy, and like. Like, who does that? Like, you're a Christian artist rapping in front of a secular artist. Like, no one's going to do that. And I did that. And I was just like, man, like, I have a chance to, like, tell people about Jesus. Like, I'm going to do it. And then everybody get a standing. Like, everybody just clapping, cheering me when I get off. And I'm thinking in my head, like, dang, like, did I fold? Like, I'm thinking, like, did I fold? And I don't know why I'm thinking that. And as I'm walking down the stage, all I see is Gavi. On the side of the stage, clapping, and that that makes you think back about the the validation you, you was looking for. Yeah, right. Even as a kid, mm-hmm. from your dad, from your mom. Yep. Looking in the mirror, validating yourself. Yeah. Um, see if I was worth anything. See if he was worth anything to us. Well, it, it's going to that. It seems like it started with Surge, though. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a building block, and now now you got someone who signed with Reach Records. Yeah. Right, Gavi now adding to that validation. Yeah. It's crazy how the building blocks, like you can see the building blocks where God is just kind of like yeah. giving you identity. Yeah. And, and and it's like almost like, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting too, because even though I knew like, man, no amount of validation from any person yeah. is going to fill the hole that my dad left, only God can do that. I just I just thought it was so unique that at every point, like God still did that for me. Like I obviously I put in the work, but he created moments where I was faithful that 
you know, people would be like, yo, you got something. So then after that, I was like, oh, shoot, it's Gavi. And he like, that means, like, yo, where are you from? I'm like, from Miami. He's like, oh, where? I'm from there, too. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I listened to all your stuff. And he's like, oh, word. He's like, bro, like, after this, let's connect. Like, let's build. Like, I want to work with you. And then from there, like, like now we're brothers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, good. he produced my last, like, most of my last album, My Life is a Beautiful Mess. I, I saw you perform at the Heat. The Heat. Yeah, that joint was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I, I remember doing halftime. Yeah, that joint was that joint was nuts too. Like growing up as a Heat fan and then performing at the Heat Arena, like yeah, that wow. joint. Yeah. That joint was nuts. That joint was nuts. Bro, you know what's funny? You remember when I? It was one of the first times that like me and you even had any type of engagement, and this was at the Brook at at. The church that was on off of 826. Yes. Yeah. You one, remember that building off yeah, of 826? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember talking to you outside and I was like, yeah, so like, like, tell me what you're doing, you know? And you're like, oh, I, 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 I do music, you know? And you're so humble. So you just don't, you don't know what. So I was like, I know, but like, like, what's, what's your plan B? Like, like, what's you really doing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I had no idea, like, where you were already. You know what I mean? The traction. If I would have known that, I wouldn't have been like, yo, what's your plan B? But it's just yeah. funny how, you know, everybody wants to be a rapper. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, you know, Christian, like I said, everybody wants to be a rapper. So it's it's crazy how, like, God just, like, took you from such, like, humble beginnings. And you, you one thing about you is that, you are extremely humble. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people that at where you are right now would have a completely different attitude. I mean, not to name names, but there were Christian artists that weren't even are where you were where you are right now and was acting like because of the attention that they got. Yeah. And I I feel like you can see how God in, in your journey specifically sustains you because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just that level of humility. He just br keeps, continues to bring the opportunities, continues to bless where you step. Yeah. You know, I think a, a big reason for that too is a couple reasons, but I'll name a few is one is not, it's, this is not the primary reason, but I've seen what the top dog is. You know, what, what, what does it look like to be the top dog? Like I've been in the room with, you know what I'm saying? Like the best, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like the best, like, like I've been there, you know, and I've had cosigns from, you know, the best rappers, like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I know I'm like, like not there yet. And it's like, but that's not the primary, but the primary is, I, I know why I do music for. Like, for me, like, from the jump, the reason why I started music was because I felt alone. I was dealing with these issues. I did it because I felt alone. Mm -hmm. And then now the reason why I do the music, still to work through my issues primarily, well, secondarily. And then, but primarily, it's to help others who feel alone as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like, my goal is so that, the reason why I do music is people who feel alone they they know they're not alone. And that's why I started Fooly. So Fooly means friend or family. So growing up, I felt alone. So my purpose is, I feel God has given me, is to show, hey, everybody has a story. Like, you're not alone in what you're going through. 
So that's what fully, fully vision. The whole thing is about making, making foolies. And it's really, it's pretty much just making disciples, yeah. you know, like showing you, Hey, there's a God that loves you and cares for you and you're not alone. So that, that's the whole. So it's like, I'm, I'm not moving out of like my own ego. Like I'm moving on mission. I'm moving yeah. in purpose. So it's that's like, good. like, even if I had a hundred million followers, like there's, five billion people in this world like or two billion i don't know so it's like i'm trying to like i'm i'm moving in purpose like it's job not done like i'm thinking kobe like job not done you know it's not finished like we got work to do yeah so where so now you know you're ceo mm. you know you've been a world-class athlete yeah. right you know known in the christian game right now how like how do you feel that what you went through starting at 12 years old, mm -hmm. how do you feel like that has shaped you to be a CEO or a leader now? Yeah. What is in the, in the good and the bad, right? Like, is there still some insecurities about being uh, validated? Yeah. Uh, so how do you feel like as a person who started fully, which means friends and family, Yeah. how do you feel like that experience is affecting you now? Oh, dude, that's a great question. So many, so many things like jump to my mind. I think the, the first thing I'll say is I met this dude. His name is Bob Goff. He's a a writer. I think he made a book called Love Does or Love Is, something like that. Mm -hmm. Very good writer. Very interesting man. I met him and I told him like, yo, like how, how do I, how do I succeed? Like I can't like super, like, how do, how do I succeed in life? He was like, oh, that's easy. Surround yourself with failures. And he was like, what I mean by that is, like, not people who are just bums and failing, like, people who have failed in life and have grown and learned from their failure. They'll be able to impart wisdom on you. He's like, like, go talk to some failures. Like, see what they've done and learn from them. So I just, like, one thing that helped me is, like, one, I failed a lot, but I was able to see a lot of people who've, who failed and learn and grow from them and, like, sit at their feet. Mm. like yo you you messed up here like what can you tell me about that mm -hmm. and they would just tell me like people are, people are always willing to share their story you just need to approach them in a humble way in a way and, and in a way that elevates them that you're willing to glean and learn from them like one thing i've always said is like yo like if i ever get the chance to be in a room with somebody who is influential I'm just going to ask them as much questions. It doesn't yeah. matter. It yeah. doesn't matter the following. It doesn't matter how much money they have. Like people, you can always learn from somebody. Like yeah. I would do like, I would do stuff where I would, um, you know, help with the homeless people. And I would just sit and just talk to homeless people. And they would just tell me their experiences and their life stories and just how they got there. And yo, they have, so much wisdom everybody has wisdom yeah. you know everybody like no matter where you are in life you can you can contribute to society mm -hmm. you know i remember i met this one dude his name is dr guinea it was me john john and daryl and john john he go by gleesey the producer daryl's my creative director and we're we're doing this thing called saturday sandwiches we're in virginia and we're handing out sandwiches and talking to people we meet this guy his name is dr guinea and dr guinea he was telling me a story about how he he like ended up in in jail and he's telling me this story of how 
there was a dude that was trying to like fight him and assault him and there was all these police officers or something he's telling me a story i don't know if he made it up or not he's telling me a story and he was like this guy approached him and then he he's like man this guy tried to approach me i took out this knife so as he's explaining the story he takes out this knife that's like this big like he pulls out his pocket like i take out this knife and he approaches us and he goes up to John John and he starts lying. Like, he goes to John John and he takes the knife and he starts going like this on John John's chest. Like, I cannot make this up. And he's like, man, I took that knife and I started gutting, dude. And he takes a knife and pulls out on John John. And then me, me, John John, Daryl, me and John John, Daryl, we kind of just like this, like, like trying to be hard, but in our heads is like, dude, really just pulled out a knife on us. Like, what? And he's just, he's explaining this story where like, he when he was younger how he like made a rash decision based off like emotions he was feeling and just talking about like man now like i work in the morgue and i realized like yo every day people are dying and we gotta and he's just like he wraps it all up and it's just like a crazy event like dude pulled out his not like some little knife like he pulled out like a, a crocodile dundee knife like you know but it's like yo you can learn from everybody so like for me Doing all these things is like, like, I'm just trying to be humble with it. Like, just learn from people, understand, like, and, like, now I'm not trying to, like, seek validation, but just, like, knowing where where it comes from, like, where it comes from. I don't know if I answered your question, though. In a sense. <laughs> In a sense. Basically, to some of the question is, like, how are you now? Oh. You know, like, you bring your struggles, the good, yeah. the bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I... I think with me personally right now, I'm learning to forgive myself because like, I just think about like a lot of like the mistakes I made, the things I've gone through. It's like, I think sometimes it's like, I've completely forgiven my dad. Like I'm in a mo a place where I've forgiven him. Like truly, like if he were to message me, you know, like it's no bad blood or anything. If I seen him and be, be cool like obviously it'd be emotional but i have no anger or bitterness towards him it's just I've, i'm in a place where i don't need the relationship in a sense so it's like like if you were to come back he's not we're, he, we're not gonna have this like father-son relationship like you know what i mean like yeah. i have people in my life who i go through for counsel and advice like like he's not gonna just whoop like step into that role but like it's all love I'm in a place where I'm, like, really, like, just learning to, like, forgive myself for the mistakes I've made. Um, trying to be, like, a better husband, a better brother, um, better friend, better, you know, boss. And um, I'm, I'm learning to just let go. So, actually, um, I had a project I made in 2018 called Sunset. I never put it out. It's called S-O-N-S-E-T, Sunset. Um, it's pretty much the idea of the... The, the concept is, it's like, even when the sun sets, like, the actual sun, when the sun is setting, like, God is still there, you know? Even when the sun sets, like, the sun is still outside. Like, it's nighttime, but it's not like the sun is in a different place. It's just the world, you just can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same thing, even if you can't see God, you know, he's still there. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like... It's like a really dark, it was like a really dark project, but it was something I made to help me through like a dark time in my life. Um, but I never put it out because I felt like, ah, oh, this is kind of dark. And there was no real like a uh, resolution 
to the project. So I didn't put it out. And also, this was during the time when I finished it, I started working with G. So I was like, we were making better stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put this out. I'm just going to do my life is a beautiful mess. But then I was kind of like, just re like actually like three days ago, I'm in my Discord. I'm talking to people in my Discord. Discord is like an app where like your fans could like engage with you. So I have a Discord for Fully. And they're just like, yo, just put it out. Like, yeah, we know you're working on your album. Just put it out. So I started thinking about it. And I'm like, yo, like, like this project Sunset is like the prequel to this, to my second album I'm working on right now. So I'm like, if I drop this second album without any context, people are going to kind of be like, yo, you good, dog? Like, you know what I mean? Nah, but I think sometimes, man, like, I, there's no need for a resolution sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's your story. Yeah. I think just for me at the time, it was kind of like, I was like, yo, I'm a Christian artist. I don't, I like, I don't want to lead people astray because at the time, I didn't have the answers. You know what I mean? It's like one thing I put it out, but I'm still like, hey, I've I've moved past this or like I've worked through this. It's like, no, nah, I was kind of like still in the thick of it. So I yeah. was like, just for me personally, I didn't feel like I was like, it would be right. But now since I've worked through it, I I put it out. Yeah. Like I literally dropped it today. And like, I feel messaging me like, yo, this is your best stuff. And I'm like, what? Like, because they can resonate. And they're like, other people be like, yo, this stuff is really dark, but... Thank you for sharing a part of your life like we didn't know about. So it was like kind of cool. So all I have to say is like in this season, I'm like letting go to let God and be able to, you know, for real, like be used in a way. When you say letting go. Anger, grief, forgiveness. Okay. So it's, it's, it's not when you say letting go, like it's not necessarily because I'm correlating to you dropping a project that you had reservations yeah. about dropping in the in the past, right? So when I hear that, letting go, I'm going to drop this project, it's like I'm not really going to care about what people per se are, yeah. are thinking, but I feel like this would be something that some people will be able to draw from yeah. because it was an authentic place in my life. Yeah. Like this is something I really went through, so I'm going to kind of let go and just like, let's just put it out there, right? Too. I also struggle, well, not as much anymore, but I struggle with letting go, like, Perfectionist vibes. Yes. You gotta be. Yes. That's what I'm. Th you yeah. Be. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I dropped it. Like, it's not mixed. Transitions are yeah. off. Some of the harmonies are off. There's some mumbles in it. Like, it's uh, it's like a really unfinished project. There's one. There's one where it's missing a whole verse. It's just beat. <laughs> like a minute and thirty seconds. Like, like I'm like, is this? It's like me. Like just. Hey, just I need to learn to let go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was more of like a therapeutic thing. Like, I don't need to be perfect. Like, people are going to, people are going to see how authentic I am. You know, they're going to see the authenticity. And I was never going to put it out. So I just put sunset, parentheses, lost tape 2018. Like, people know this is something that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was never coming out, but I'm putting it out so you can understand my journey. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good, man. And I want to I want to touch on that a little bit. Two principles I've I've drawn from from what you said and what you kind of highlighted as like your growth process. One of the things that was pivotal for you was learning from those around you that have failed many times. Yeah. Right. I've I've said this before. I'll say it again. One of the most pivotal moments for me 
being someone who's ambitious, a visionary, strives for, for, for more, wants to accomplish. When I heard Will Smith say, the difference between me and the next man is not that he's more talented than I am, it's that I was willing to fail more times than he was. And I see that commonality with people that are achieving anything. They're just willing to fail, right? You, you said it yourself. Like, what, how old are you? 29. You're 29, but you've said, I've failed many times, mm-hmm. you know? So that's key. That, that, that's such a pivotal thing for me. But I also think that it, it's challenging for, for Christians because they, they tie that failure to who they are in Christ. And it's almost like, man, if I fail, I did something wrong. Like, so for example, you said you grew up with that philosophy, church, like relationship with God, where it's like, I have to earn my way. So typically when, if you fail at something, you try something, you fail it. Oh, I must've done something wrong. Yeah. Right. God's not blessing this. I much of, you know, and I grew up with that, that shadow, like over my life for so many years, you know, a feeling like anything that goes wrong or doesn't work out, it's because I'm in sin or I'm doing something wrong or God's not pleased with me. Mm. So, so being able to embrace failure was very, very challenging for me. And that, but that led to the next step where it's like, once I was able to embrace failure as a necessary aspect of growth as a Christian, right? Then it was, I need to stop caring. I need to stop caring so much about what other people think mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that's what i'm hearing from you like the whole letting go because ultimately the perfectionism is based on how other people are going to validate what the work you did yeah that's where that perfectionism is coming from right so it's like if i don't get this beat right people that are out there or people that are at the top of the game are going to see this they're going to hear this and be like nah, i hear that that's not blah, 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 blah. you know so so now it's like you're getting to a point where it's like you know what you're putting these two things together and it's like, no, like I need to, I need to stop holding that over myself and just, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, by you letting go, it frees you now to do more, put more out, but then you're actually going to get better because of that versus holding back and not, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that ultimately is the process of, of growth. And I think it's so important for, for believers that are are striving to overcome to accomplish to be better to like number one failure is okay yeah like man it is it is it's not only is it okay but it's necessary right you you can't be afraid to fail number two you cannot care so much about what people think about you like i am that is so like for me like so deep in my heart because one of the, for you, it didn't, it didn't necessarily, and I want to ask you this, but for you, it didn't necessarily come from your father. For me, it came from my father. Like my father was the one that would crit- critique and judge, you know, and a- anything I did that was outside of the guideline of his vision for me, I guess, was like being judged. So I was always a- afraid about, you know, what is he going to think if I do this? What is he going to think if I did that? For you, like what even brought that? that sense of like, I'm worried about what people are going to think. What, what do you think put that in you? If you didn't have a father that was doing that to you, at least I'm not hearing that your mom was kind of like that, you know, what, what brought that to you? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of things was like internally motivated, like whether it was good or bad, like, okay. 
like I'm a very intrinsic person. Like I think like a lot of it was like like internally motivated, but this is, it, it it probably came from this idea, like you said earlier, to prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you put the pressure on you. I you were just pressure applying down, pressure, yeah. which we all do to some degree. Yeah. But for me, I know there was an outside source that really played. Yeah. Played that played a role in that as well. Yeah. Like I really. At a young age, like literally when I was like before my dad left, I was very like, you know, like I was very hyper and stuff like that. But I wasn't like the guy or the outgoing person. After my dad left, I was like, yo, I'm about to switch it up. Mm. So then I was just kind of like, yo, I, I don't care what you think about yeah, me. Yeah. Like, it was like defiance, which I did care to some extent, but this. So it did have, so, so, okay. So, so my he dad, did, he did have some influence then, but it was like indirect. Yeah. And not facts. directly like yours, but it was. Yeah. I didn't I, see. I missed that part. So yeah. Cause you earlier, you said, you said you began to now question all the things he did to, I, yeah. your son, you're so handsome, son, you're, you, I love you, right? And then, and then him leaving caused you to be like, well, maybe you lied about that. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not handsome and I'm ugly. Maybe you actually don't love me and I'm not lovable, right? Yeah. So, so, so now you're facing those thoughts in your head or those assumptions yeah. in your head and you're like, all right, now I got to challenge these. So now I got to face these things and be like, no, I'm going to prove that I am, you know? So it's so interesting, the impact that, that, our fathers have on us, whether they're present or not, yep. is so real. Yeah. It's so real. That's why um, I think there's a, a case study. It's like the percentage of men in prison uh, with fathers are extremely low to men in prison without fathers. Yeah. I don't know the percentage, but it's like high. Yeah. It's like high. Like supposedly it's like better for your father to be present than your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a, for a young man. Jordan Peterson did a talk on that. You know Jordan Peterson? No, I don't. The psychologist? I know Jordan Peele. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Jordan Peterson did a study on that. that sick. Um, Yeah, about the, the impacts of fathers in their children's lives versus the impacts of mothers in their children's lives. And, like, the fallout is so much heavier when a father's not present versus when a, when a, when a mother's not present. Yeah, that's, like, my dream. It's interesting. Though. Like, more than, like, any music thing like more than any acting thing like my dream is to be a dad yeah. as my dream is all like it's all i want to be is dad I'm, I'm gonna bring up something <laughs> this is so interesting and i know ronaldo is gonna be able to kind of relate to this just a little bit because we had an interesting conversation for y'all that don't know ronaldo is the one behind the camera right now shout out ronaldo for sure definitely cameraman <laughs> i've struggled as a father and even as a husband because of and this is going to be tough this is going to be tough for some people to hear but i've struggled as a father and as a husband because my father was present Mm. you know what i'm saying because i absorbed so much from him and so much bad yeah and i was going to say a lot of the a lot of the unhealthy behaviors you can't choose as a child. You can't choose like I'm going to take the great s- stuff from my father, but I'm not going to take the negative stuff. You think you can because I grew up. I grew up saying like, oh, I'm not going to be like this or I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, 
but then you find yourself subconsciously just doing these things, you know? Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's so interesting how that works. Like for you, you didn't have your father present, but you, you but I'm sure if you could, you would, you, you would trade things to, to ha have your father in your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and selfishly, ignorantly, I would even say there's moments where it's like, well, dang, what could I have accomplished of accomplished if I wasn't, if I didn't feel so mentally controlled by my father, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I, and I brought this up before, but in my last marriage, my ex-wife used to tell me all the time, like, why do you care so much about what your dad thinks about you? Why don't you just go and do it? And like, I'm a grown man. I'm, I'm grown man, I guess to some standards, but I'm, you know, 26, 25 years old at this time, married, house, kids, and I'm worried about what, what's your dad going to, it was, it, it's, it's such a crippling feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like the behaviors of just like being so critical, judgmental, you know, controlling with my kids, you know, um, just the anger that would show up and stuff like that. You know, I still wrestle with that now. I still wrestle with that with my son, like being short tempered, particularly with my son. Particularly, it's, it's so interesting, like with my son, I'm like, having to fight against some of these feelings that I'm like, yo, this isn't, this is not good. My son's three years, he's two and a half, two and a half years old. And it's showing up from how my dad was with me growing up. You know what I mean? So just the dynamic of like, on one hand, man, what a blessing it is to have a father in your life. And I would never, I would, I wouldn't trade that. Mm -hmm. Some, some of the greatest attributes about me came from my father my drive my grit my grind my fight like all that that came from my father I could never take that away from him you know but then there's this thorn in my side that I have because of you know my, my father what what do you what are y'all thoughts on that I the first time I ever like I remember I was having a conversation with somebody I care about and she said she said something to the similar effect like Oh, like, she said, oh, it's worse having a father that's around, but, like, wasn't really there for you. And, like, the first time she said that, I was like, yo, what? Like, yeah. like I wish I wish my, my dad, like, you know what I'm saying, was around or was, like, you know, like, type thing. It wasn't the best influence. Like, at least, at least he's there, like. Yeah. There may be like some flashes of good moments, but like, like at least she's there. Like you don't know how bad it was. Um, but then I like, I heard what she was saying. It was like the the want for a relationship, the want for wholeness. It's like, like every like comparing someone's struggle. You can't quantify that. Like yeah. you can't quantify how someone feels or like emotionally what they've gone through and how what someone's done has affected you like you can't quantify and compare someone's like for some people parents divorce is nothing to them mm -hmm. to some people that's earth shattering yeah you facts, know what i mean facts. so like facts you can't you can't quantify and compare so like i think there may be some people that hear that and be like yo geo's tripping but it's like you can't i can't quantify his hurt yeah. or the struggles that he had to go through because of his dad was present like yeah to some people it may be a no brainer, but like in reality you can't quantify that. So uh man, I'm sorry about that. Like 
Yeah, no, no. And, and I bring I bring it up because I know like some people hear that and be like, yo, you're crazy. Like, especially they know my father. My father, my father wasn't by any means a like a neglectful yeah. individual. Every single wrestling match I ever had from the from sixth grade, he recorded it. Never missed a match. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, and half my team, I would say 75% of my team didn't have their fathers showing up. Yeah. So I, I understand, like, the, the implications of what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same time, no one lived in my shoes. Exactly. No one was the eldest son in my house. Yeah. You know, no one had the father that I had or yeah. saw how these things showed up in my life. Like, like, I blamed my father for a while because of my failed marriage. Because I was my father. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And I know the, the unhealthy ways in which I contributed to that relationship yeah you know so yeah man it's it's just it's it's interesting it's interesting you know i'll say what it does for me what it does for me and i think the beauty in it all as a current father what it does for me is it causes me to fight even harder knowing the influences that fathers have to their children it causes me to fight even harder to love well right to love my wife well to love my son well to love my daughter well knowing that no matter how they feel about the way I parent, to some degree, they will take on the good and the bad ways in which I parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that drives me. That drives me to, 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 to allow God to seep into these areas of my heart that affect my parenting and say, God, please like, help me with these particular areas so that it doesn't have to be passed on to my, my, my kids and stuff. Definitely. Yeah, I know I'm like my dad. Like, the good, a lot of the thing was about my dad. He was very charismatic. Okay, he's a dude walking the room. Oh, ah, he like you talk to him, he'll make you feel good about yourself. Yeah, like no matter. And I could do that too. I talk to someone, make them feel real good about themselves, like genuinely. So I take in a lot of good, but then like the bad, like when he's angry, don't want to talk, open up, make you feel a wall, like. Like shut down, kind of shut down, shut down, and like make you feel it. Yeah, make you feel that weight, like angry, like puff his chest, like mad, make you feel it. Yeah, like I've taken that too, and yo, I haven't seen him in seventeen years. But fascinating, right? I, but when still I was, I still, I still got it. Yeah. yeah, like I remember one time I was, I texted Nevi. I'm walking in the grocery store, and the way I'm walking, I'm like. And the way I'm looking at stuff, I'm like, yo, my dad used to do this. And I text her, I'm like, yo, I'm really my father's son. Like, some slight random, but it's like, yo, like, you know, I haven't seen him in 17 years. You want to hear a crazy story? Mm. So when I was working for South Florida Wellness, this is where I, I really saw, like, there's something deeper when it comes to the influence parents have on their children. When I was working at South Florida Wellness, and I ended up taking on a, a new family or a new client, if you will, and... This girl at the time was probably like maybe seven, seven or eight. And I was working with her foster mom. This girl was like kicked out of school multiple times just for like really bad behavior, like really bad behavior, but not just bad behavior, but at her age, extremely sexual. Wow. Promiscuous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she was super young, but like very, you know, just like it was, it was, it was, it was a bad situation. 
and um as far as like showing herself you know th- yeah. things of that nature and i just remember like dang like she's so young and already like so much of her innocence is kind of just like just gone you know like what is up with that and the 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 foster mom was like you want to see something crazy she's never met her mom ever never met her mother she's like let me show you her mom so she pulls up on facebook yo her mom is like on the streets constantly selling her body you know drugs like all this stuff but she's never met her mom and as a young girl without even ever meeting her mother she's on that track on that trajectory on that trajectory like personalities identical attitudes identical like it's crazy like you you hear the little girl talk and then you hear the mom talk and you're just like it blew my mind like it just absolutely blew my mind just it's crazy man it's it is crazy just parent parenting there's there's such a bond there's such a a soul tie there with your kids it, it 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 really it really hits you the weight of the responsibility that comes with being a parent right. you know powerful thing powerful thing but it's nuts never met her never met her yeah man that foster care system and then you just think about what atrocities happened to her during that process maybe of getting placed yeah yeah and, yep oh man that's sad like that's sad. So what's next for you, bro? Like a crazy switch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, that's what it's about though, man. Yeah. What's next for you, man? Like what 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 you know, you're married. Mm-hmm. You know, how's how's that going? Man, it's going good, man. How how long has it been? It's been a year and about four months. Mm-hmm. One year. Four months. One year. Early, early. How's that going? One year. One year and four months. Yeah. So how's that been, man? It's been good, man. It's been good. It's been sometimes it's challenging, but it's been more fun than challenging. Nice. Yeah, that's great. We have like a lot of responsibilities, like you know, with apartment life. Yeah. So yeah. That's been shout out to apartment life. Shout out apartment life, man. <laughs> Got me in Winwood, Blackson. Yeah. Um, but no, like it's been it's been really good. Like just one thing we've just been saying recently is like Team Agama. This is my last name. Like we're team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and she's awesome. It's like, really, I find myself not being like good enough for her in mm-hmm. a sense. Like, it's like, it's, it's like more times than not recently, it's kind of like, dang, I could have done this. I could have done this. I could have done this. I could like it. And yeah. it's like, I'm thinking about the past, like, Oh, she, I should have done this. Should have done this. Should have. So like, even just even now, letting go. Like, man, like stop worrying about what you could have done. Just do it now. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, just do it now. Like, just be better now. Like, but I'm also learning. Like, I have to be the best me so I can show up. So like, vice versa for her too. Like, she has to be the best her so she can show up for me. And it's like we're like kind of like seeing like okay, like, we need to make sure, like, we're good so that we can be there. That's real, man. For each other. So that's kind of, like, that's real. where we're at right now. High-capacity mm-hmm. relationships often find themselves in that predicament where it's, like, 
you're putting so much of your energy yeah. towards the things that you're involved in mm-hmm. and the actual marriage gets second best. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that also this, and I'm curious to see if, if, if you've seen this show up in your relationship, but also with high driven individuals as yourself, myself, do you ever see like the spirit of competition in, in, in the relationship? Like, do you, do you ever see where it's kind of like, for example, for you, you're, you're a Klesso, right? The rapper, business owner, clothing line, fully industries. Oftentimes, like people are going to give you more attention than Yanibi. Have you ever seen how that kind of like affects things? hundred percent. I think it was... One thing I really liked about marriage, premarital, uh-huh. was one, I didn't know she had those feelings mm-hmm. of like comparison of me to her. I didn't yeah, know yeah. she had those feelings. What does she do for work? So she is a librarian and a secretary to the principal at this Christian school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dope, dope. Kids love her. and But she wants to get into like counseling women like this she wants to do. Awesome. And I didn't, I didn't know, like, she compared herself to me, like, as far as, like, drive and, like, different stuff like that. But that came out in uh, marriage counseling. Yeah. It was very enlightening to me. So I just tried to validate her as much as possible. So what I did for her 30th birthday was I did, like, the scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the best words of affirmation, but that's, like, very big for her. So every time she found the clue on the scavenger hunt from every Wednesday in the month of February... Every time she found a clue, it would give her a different number of validations. So she would do that, and then after the end of a certain amount for that day, she would get, like, a gift. So at the end of the month, she got the final gift, which was we're going on a cruise to the Bahamas. Nice. Birthday. Nice. But also, she compiled 30 different validations. Or words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Yes, yeah. though. For her 30th birthday. Nice. So anytime she's feeling kind of way, kind of like what I did when I was a kid, I would just tell myself these things. Now she can just read these things and say it in the mirror. You know, so that was my way of showing love to her because I'm not the best at like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the best of like, so like sports, right? Someone sucks. Not, not comparing my wife to someone who sucks, but just to give you an example, someone sucks. Man, get it together. Like, <laughs> I'm like that. T- that's Yo, the, no, I hear you, bro. Yeah, I hear you. yeah like, I hear you. yeah, like uh, that's that's what I'm on. I hear you. So it's like I can't treat marriage like sports. Nah. Like it don't work like that. Yeah, yeah. At so all. it's like you know what? I need to go above and beyond, and I need to affirm my wife. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. man, that's tough. That so, is so hard. Just to kind of show you what like what's going on. Like marriage has been a lot better. Like when I've worked on being a better better person. Yeah, you know, and so. That's what I'm working on, being a better, be a better husband, be a better friend, be a better dad. And then also it's like this year is about to be nuts for music. Like, I really believe after this year, I'm going to be in a different conversation, nice. like musically. And I'm not saying that out of like a, like a bravado, but it's like, I don't know, like the opportunities that God has, it's like insane. Nice. Like it's, it's like, it's like nuts, like. Like, what is about to happen for me? So, I'm, like, very much so um, excited, you know, like... We're excited for you, bro. Like, the music is going to be nuts, like... And then just the team I got around me, like... And we're still trying to expand it, too, like, fill in some gaps, but it's, like... 
yeah, I'm like very grateful that, um, you know, just for this opportunity. So yeah, like I think this year I'm, I'm, I'm drumming a project in May. It's a collab project I'm very excited about. And then also, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't tell us who, so it's all right, 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 yeah. You didn't say who, so it's yeah. all good. And then, shoot. <laughs> that. You don't have to blur it out, but just. This ain't dropping for another. For a while? Okay, good, 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 good. So by then, maybe you already know about it. And then at the end of the year, I'm dropping my project, which I'm very excited about. And I think the first single I put out for it is going to come out in July with a video and stuff. So that's about to be nuts. Nice. And then from there, I'm just going to put the game on a chokehold. Like, I'm not stopping after that. So I'm excited. I'm excited. So I know you've been, I know you've been working out more. Yeah, man. And, you know, can you tell? You know, trying to, trying to get in better shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's looking good on that sweater. You feel me? Would you say that as you mature mm-hmm. as a Christian, you know, and, and just like in your goals and, and, you know, the things that you're missionally trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. would you say that, that your health, your physical health becomes a greater conviction? Yeah. Yeah. Not even it's, it's interesting. Cause like exercising is like, now I'm exercising. I'm like, man, I'm not exercising for now. I'm exercising for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the future because, like, man, I'm trying to play with my kids. And even, in the, like, when I want to go, when I transition to, like, movies and stuff, I want to have a certain physique. You know what I mean? And it's like, not only that, it's like, it's like a discipline. Yes. It's like a form of discipline. And big thing about Christianity, like, a lot of it is discipline. How are you disciplining your eyes? How are you disciplining your mind? Hey, say that again. Repeat that. So, big thing what? A, a, a little, a big thing about Christianity is discipline. How you disciplining your mind? How you yes. disciplining your eyes? So it's like having that discipline to, all right, every day, barring you being sick, you're going to the gym. We were just talking about this, bro. We we actually have a segment. We were just talking about this. But go keep finish your thought. Finish your thought. See, man, save talk. That's that save talk. You feel me? Talk. You feel me? <laughs> finish that thought finish that thought but yeah like a, a big thing about Christianity is discipline so it's like there needs to be a correlation on disciplining your body yeah so you're able to discipline your mind discipline your mind discipline and it's like if you're able for me I see it as if I'm able to push push through something that's so challenging I'll be able to push through something that's so challenging in life yes I'll be able yeah. to like and stuff's not working now I'm, I feel like I need to quit you're in the gym. You got 200 pounds on your neck. Yep. You can't just quit. You're going to hurt yourself. Facts. Same way if you quit Facts. on yourself, you're going to hurt your soul. You're going to hurt your spirit. You got it. You don't quit on yourself because God didn't quit on you. Yeah. And if you fail doing everything you did and you failed, yeah. do something else. It's not the end of the world. It's like if you're squatting, you got like a, all this weight on you. If you have like the bars to catch you. Yeah. You're squatting and you you squat till failure. Boom! The you fall you fell down. A lot of weight fell, but it, it was caught. And just like that thing caught you, God is gonna catch you too by His grace. Just, by His grace, He's gonna catch you too. Yeah. Just keep going. Don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on life. You're not alone. Yeah, man. It's just 
I think for me, man, it's just amazing just hearing your story, comparing it to mine, comparing it to Gio's father's being present and yours is not in the way that that it shaped you, the mm. the way that it has motivated you, the you know, the person that you are now. And it's just evidence, man, through for anybody that's going through a specific predicament, whether your father's in your life or your father is not, or even the eight year old girl that that Jill was talking about, that God is always there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like God is always there. Like even through my struggle, man, I I have you can't see it because my jacket, but I have a picture tatted on my arm where I when I was going through my thing that is is a sheep hanging off a, cl- a cliff and mm. and the shepherd is reaching down to grab the sheep. And I think from my life, man, is that like in back of my mind, I know that God would never desert me. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, doesn't matter the predicaments I'm going through, doesn't matter the trauma that I'm in, like God would never desert me. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that shows up in, in your story and your life. And hey, yeah, man, thank you for sharing it, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing it. And I hope it's, you know, it gives people hope that no matter where they're at in their story, that God is with them. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. And it's only the beginning, bro. Yeah. Like you ain't nowhere yet, bro. Like it's only the beginning. Like people are going to truly begin to see what God was able to do with you from your humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years from now, it's going to be like, yo, that's where he started. Mm. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And, and our prayer for you is that the Lord would be gracious with you and that your heart would remain glued to the ground, you know, and remain humble as, as people know you to be so humble, so gracious with others. And that way God would always be glorified through your platform and, and, and the ministry that he's given you. Yeah, man. So appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you. And being, you know, really one of the first ones on, 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 on the podcast, Safe Talk podcast. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, bro. Nah, appreciate you. Oh, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. The, yeah. the best teacher is not your experience, it's someone else's. That's this what you said. Mm-hmm. I just put it into a quote. Right. Right? Because you say you learn from others, man. Room full of facts. Facts. So that was dope. Thank you. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thank you for tuning in.